Let us pray. Holy Father, once again, we approach thy throne, trusting in nothing but the blood of Jesus. We thank you that we have you as our Father in heaven. That we have our advocate, the Lord Jesus Christ. And that we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Help us to learn more of your word and have a greater appreciation and a better understanding of the Holy Scriptures. We confess that sometimes when we read your word, We're thinking about everything under the sun except your word. Sometimes when we endeavor to read and study or to study your word, again our minds are dull, our hearts are unappreciative. And we want to drown ourselves in the things of the world more than with the truth of the living God. Forgive us, our God. We often are reminded of a portion of that song that says much of my time is run to waste and I perhaps am near my home forgive us our follies past help us to really love and worship and serve You. And give us the wisdom and the understanding as to how we are to conduct ourselves in this world and to live peaceably with all men as much as possible. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Coming back to 1 John 4, we mentioned this morning somewhat about the God of this world 
being Satan. But we want to look at a few other passages of Scripture to get a glimpse, a high-level glimpse of this a little bit more. In John chapter 12, we find the words of our Lord, verse 31, Now is the judgment of this world, now shall the prince of this world be cast out. Now we're not trying to get into the full understanding of the verse there. Thing, the thing that we are uh, using this is to show that uh, Satan is considered the prince of this world. Now whether he has been cast out, uh, some thinks that he's cast out to some degree, and there's a, there's a lot that's involved in all of that, but uh, needless to say, it's generally understood among Christians that Satan is the prince of this world. You remember, even in the book of Job, when the sons of God presented themselves before the Lord and Satan appeared there as well and the Lord asked him where he, where he been. He said, going up and down and to and throw in the world. And then in Second Peter, uh, it talks about Satan as a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. Not only Old Testament, but New Testament. And we believe, as we'll see a few more verses here, uh, that he is indeed uh, the God of this world, though not absolute. And what we mean by that. He's not the ultimate God of this world, nor the ultimate God of the universe. That's left up to uh, Jehovah and our Lord Jesus Christ. Satan is only doing what God allows him to do under his providential rule. You know that uh, we refer you back again to Job. Uh, Satan could not have any dealings with Job except what God allowed him to do. In fact, turn with me to Job for just a moment. Job chapter 1. 
again, I can present more questions than I can answer. But Satan accused Job of serving God just because of what uh, he could get out of it. And then in verse 11, Satan said to God, But put forth thine hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. In other words, God was just simply saying, which is quite obvious, Satan, you can do anything to anything that Job has. Anything that he owns. Anything that his property. But not to him. And then notice what took place. It says, Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord in verse 13. And there was a day when the sons and his daughters, his sons, his daughters, were eating and drinking in their eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the asses feeding beside themselves. And the Sabaeans fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. It was Satan that stirred up the Sabaeans to take and kill all of the oxen and the asses that Job had and all of the servants that were plowing with them except one. And he went and told Job what happened. And while he was telling Job what happened, verse 16, there came also another and said, The fire of God is fallen from heaven and hath burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. The fire of God was none other than Satan. And as we said this morning, it's hard, we don't know how to uh, figure out where one starts and the other stops. Verse 17, and while he was yet speaking, he was still telling Job what, what happened. There came also another and said, the Chaldeans, 
made out three bands and fell upon the camels and have carried them away, yea, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. And while he was speaking, there came another and talked about and, and said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking and wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young men, and they are dead, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. God gave Job the liberty uh, to do what he did. Excuse me. God gave Satan the liberty to do what he did to Job. Job could not, I mean, Satan could not have done anything unless God allowed it or ordained it or whatever word you want to use. God didn't do it, Satan did it. And yet Job said, The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And I won't take the time to read it, but you know it as well as I do. If you don't, you should. And go back and read it. In the next chapter, Satan goes back before the Lord and said, Yeah, he, he would still praise you that way, but let me get a hold of him. And so God said, all right, Job, or Satan, you, you can do whatever you want to to Job, but you can't kill him. Do anything to kill him. And that's when he was struck down with leprosy and his wife said, why don't you just give up and curse God and die? Job didn't even have his wife in his corner. And I said all of that to say what I had said at the beginning. Satan can only do, even though he's the prince of this world, he can only do what God allows him to do. Satan is not an eternal evil. Satan was created Lucifer, the morning star. But he fell. And how it is that he fell? How could an angel that's created sinless fall? How could Adam, who was created good and very good, fall? All we can say is he was, he was created uh, uh, he wasn't created infallible. He was created where he could fall. But we can't explain that. We, we, you know, if, if if he's good and very good, then how can he do evil? And so we we just have to, uh, like we said this morning, we just have to read the Bible for what it is and leave it at that. Uh, we don't have to defend God. God can, God's big enough to take care of Himself. But He's called the God of this world. In John 14, 
In verse 30, Jesus said, Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. There again, Satan is designated as the prince of this world. The prince of this world. You want to know why the world's so wicked? Because we've got a wicked ruler. He's a sub-ruler. He's under God. But he's there, nevertheless. And we read 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4 this morning. I'll go back and read that again uh, uh, quickly. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should uh, shine unto them. So he's the God of this world. Now, when it talks about the world, we know that there is more than uh, one world. The word world is used to describe many different things. The normal word for world that's used in the Scriptures is the Greek word cosmos. Now that doesn't mean much to any of you, but you ladies should know that there's a word that applies to you that uh, comes from this Greek word cosmos, and that's uh, cosmetology. In other words, cosmos basically just means an orderly arrangement. An orderly arrangement. And most of the time it's talking about either the universe or the earth, just simply the earth, the planet earth, or the world system. There is another word that's created, that's translated, uh, uh, another Greek word that's translated world, and it's ion. And it means age. In other words, the, uh, the Old Testament world, or the Old Testament age. The Renaissance, the world of Renaissance, the Renaissance age. And things of that nature. Then there's another one that's oikumene. That means just the inhabited world that's known. And uh, when it said that 
In Luke, that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. It is this word, oikumene, that is the inhabited world, the world of the Roman Empire. That That's all that they knew about. They didn't know. It wasn't uh, the Mayas in Mexico or South America or the American Indians. They weren't taxed. They didn't know about them as far as we know. You say, well, why do you say that? Well, there, I read a book uh, some 50 years ago written by just a naturalist. He wasn't trying to prove God or disprove God. But one of the things that he pointed out that there was ancient Phoenician writing discovered uh, on the Mississippi River. And there is a place in Oklahoma. I haven't been to it. I've seen pictures of it, and I have, uh, uh, I think, uh, I think I talked to a man that went there one time. But anyway, it has some ancient writings that look like some of the writings of the Far East or the Near East or the uh, Phoenician area. Anyway, there's some writings there in a cave-like uh, situation. So, you know, there there's a lot of things that uh, we don't know. But let's look at the word world, English word world. First of all, Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. In verse 8. And again, the devil taketh him, that is Jesus, up into an exceeding high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. But look in, now that's the word cosmos. But in Luke account, in Luke chapter 4, in verse 5, notice there. Luke 4 and 5. And the devil said unto him, All this power No, verse, I'm reading verse 6. Verse 5. And the devil taketh him up into a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Now, if we only had Matthew account, 
the word world, we might be in a question as to what all that entailed. It's the word cosmos. But in Luke's account, in verse 5, it's the word oikumene. In other words, the known world. We could say and be safe in saying that Satan didn't show him the kingdoms that were in North America and South America. Though he may. We don't know. In other words, that word world is limited. But even Satan showing him, let's just say the Roman Empire and the Medo-Persian Empire and the Grecian Empire or the territories that at one time were the Grecian Empire and the uh, Medo-Persian Empire and the uh, uh, Babylonian Empire and the uh, uh, Egyptian Empire and so on. That was quite a feat, wasn't it? But the point that we're trying to make out is this word world, how it can be limited. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Well, without going into a long, drawn-out uh, sermon or two on that, uh, what world is that? That's the world of the elect. That's whom God loved. He loved the elect. He didn't love the non-elect. He didn't love unbelievers. He didn't love the goats. He loved the elect, the sheep. Look at John 15. John 15, taking in verse 18. If the world hate you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own, but because you're not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. In other words, this is the world that hates believers or elect. That's a world of hatred. That's the world that hates believers. And believers are chosen out of that world. John 17. Taking up in verse 14. I have given them thy word, that is, uh, his people, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray that thou shouldest I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil or the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. 
As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. Well, what world is this? Well, we could say this is the world that he didn't pray for. So there are various meanings of the world when it says in John, 1 John chapter 4, when it said, they are of the world and they speak of the world. Or excuse me, in verse, uh, greater is he that, uh, he that is uh, in you than he that is in the world. Alright, the word world, evidently from verse 4, even though there are various meanings of the word world, and we could give a whole lot more uh, meaning than how it's used, I favor that it's the world system that is in opposition to God and guided by Satan. And there again, if you want a scriptural reference for that, Second Corinthians uh, chapter 4 and verse 4, where it talks about the God, that the God of this world has blinded the eyes of them uh, that believe not. So when it says, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, it's the one that's in this overall world system. This system that is contrary to Christianity. This system that is contrary to Jesus Christ. This system that is contrary to thus saith the word of the Lord. And the reason, beloved, that that system, as John t told us, hates you, is because those people are of the world that is set in opposition to Christ and all that He stands for. They hate you. Those of our generation from now backward in history, in other words, for the past uh, few hundred years, in America, as a general rule, we have had it fairly easy. If you go back and study world history, you will find it more The lines of demarcation 
of that which is godly and that which is ungodly were drawn more clearly than they have been in the last few decades here in America. But we are seeing that line of demarcation becoming clearer and clearer and clearer each day. And it should not surprise us. The reason the nations, not only our nation, but the reason the nations are in such turmoil and the politicians are so, well, not, well, the, let's just say the world leaders as a whole, are so diabolical is because of the God of this world. He wants to do everything that He can to destroy man. Satan is a liar and he's the father of lies. And all of these world leaders that do not know the Lord Jesus Christ when they get together in their so-called peace meetings, all they know is lies. They tell lies to each other. They lie to one another. And there's wars and rumors of wars that shall be until our Lord returns. And the reason, the only reason, that we're not right there in the middle of it is because of the irresistible grace of Almighty God. Greater is He that is in us than he that is in the world. And if we're not careful, we may get to reading a bunch of junk and become involved in it. Fifty years ago, I began reading and coming in contact with people that were involved in the political arenas and struggles of trying to bring about a better society. And thankfully, God opened my eyes that much of that, and I don't say we need to put our head in the sand and hide, but much of that was just wasting a lot of time that I could be doing studying the Word. 
and things that were being said back then that how things are about to change and we're about to lose everything in our society. A new generation is still saying the same thing. And they're still sending out their slick brochures and their slick ads and their long, lengthy newsletters and asking for their monies to keep their corporations going. And it doesn't matter whether you're on the political right or the political left or in the, in the middle. It all still boils down to confusion by the God of this world, Satan. Yes, I have said, and most people today don't even know who I'm talking about. I'm so conservative, I make Jesse Helms look like a liberal. But this whole political monstrosity that's going on of trying to bring about a change in society is virtually one and the same. And our society has done nothing but gone downhill for decades. Decades. a good century and a half and very nigh two centuries of this nation. But it's only because of the God of this world. The Lord Jesus Christ hasn't brought the confusion that there is in society. Our Heavenly Father hasn't produced it. It's the God of this world. It's the God of this world. And the only reason Christianity hasn't been stamped out is because greater is He that is in us than He that is in the world. They speak of the world, their whole world's life system. They follow and align their ideas with the views of the world. The world hears anti-Christian, anti-Christian people and anti-Christian philosophy. And the reason that the world goes after certain philosophies and the way of life that it goes after is because both are in agreement and have the same end or goals in life. Their ultimate end or conclusion are opposite to the truth of the Scriptures. 
That's what it all boils down to. We are of God. That's not a desire. It doesn't mean that we wish we were of God. It's a positive truth. Ye are of God, little children. We are not like the world. We do not agree with the world's philosophy. And we need to keep our heads in the book. And we need to constantly read and study the Word of God. I still get some newsletters. Most of them I don't even read. I scan them. Occasionally I'll read something. That, and if it's pertinent to uh, my current situation or current state, I may share it with others. But for the most part, I don't even uh, share a lot of things that I know. I used to try to do that. Most people thought I was crazy, so I just figured I'd leave them alone and let them think what they wanted to think. And uh, But like I said, uh, it's just the same old thing being said over and over and over again. And our nation has gone downhill like other nations for several decades under the, under the Democrats and under the Republicans. Just study your history. Don't listen to the, to the naysayers. I'm going to stop there because I've got another point that I want to take up and we won't have time to cover it all today. But uh, And the point is, those that know God hear the truth. We're not worried about which denomination. We're talking about the truth of the Scriptures. Because that's what he said here. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. You say, well, you're, you're being mighty dogmatic about that. I'm just reading the Scriptures. And it means what it says, whether I understand all the details or not. 
But the Lord willing, we'll come back and look at that uh, a little bit in detail. Let's pray. Help us to put our trust in You, my Father. We don't know what all You're going to do with this world before the Lord returns. And frankly, on some of the things after He returns, we Christians are not, not in total agreement. But Thou knowest. And I ask You to bless us to devote our time and our energy into Your Word more than the philosophies of the world. Essentially, all of the news organizations, the mainstream news, the political right, and the political left are all we believe. They are all wrapped up in their own agendas. None of them are wrapped up in Christ. There are a few that will talk about Jesus Christ a little bit and sprinkle His name in their uh, newsletters and in their common uh, comments and their podcasts from time to time, but it's only as a sounding board. It's not that they're seeking to advance the kingdom of God and the gospel of God. You, you only established one organization for the advancement of the gospel in your kingdom this side of glory, and that's the house of God, the congregation of the living God. You didn't set up Bible colleges for that. You didn't set up seminaries for that. You didn't set up Sunday schools for that. You didn't set up camps for that. You didn't set up, set up singing schools or you didn't set up... all. Uh, we could go on and name different types of, of parachurch so-called organizations some of them may be good, some of them may not be good. We're not getting into the ins and outs of that. You didn't set up those things. It's, it's the congregation of God. That's the pillar and ground of the truth. We recently heard some 
well-known preachers talk about that verse, which they said that the, the, that the pillar and ground of the truth uh, is what holds up the congregation instead of the congregation being the pillar and ground of the truth. They put it in reverse order. And we're not trying to uh, pick fights with people like that. It's just the fact that we all get, we sometimes get so caught up in our own organizations. that we try to ignore what's really said. Our wisdom is not going to bring about a world of Christianity. We're not going to change Washington we're not going to change the world leaders. Occasionally, you did intervene in a unique way. But there again, pretty much under the God of this world, under your providential dealings, Help us to be true and faithful. In Jesus' name, amen.